Welcome back to Black Equity. Here we are for episode 153. This is entitled uh, Not Another Slave Movie. And so we thank you for joining us today. If this is your first time coming here, this is a place where we are studying the movers and shakers of black culture and learning uh, the different things that they're going through, the wisdom and the equity and all the different uh, aspects of black culture that will make us better as we're growing our business and growing uh, our investments. The majority of our listeners are entrepreneurs and investors within the culture. And whenever there's a really great opportunity, we make sure we present it on the podcast so, so you can uh, hear about it and then contact us if you're interested in being part of that investment. And so look forward to those. Also, sign up to be a Black Equity Insider so you can get a full understanding of what's currently going on in the culture. Each episode, we're talking about one topic, but you have to know that every day there's probably five to 10 topics that could be uh, eligible to be on the podcast that just never make it. So keep that in mind that you may be missing out on some really great content if you haven't signed up to be a Black Equity Insider, uh, and especially if you're a premium insider where you are receiving uh, a, a daily email. So I'm looking forward to you uh, enjoying this show, enjoying the content, and uh, I'll see you at the end of the show uh, where we can discuss and talk further. So across my desk, I'm seeing this trailer a uh, movie trailer for Harriet, which is supposed to follow the life and times of Harriet Tubman. Now, I, I, I hate to assume, but I would assume that you know who Harriet Tubman is. But just in case you don't, let me just give you a little background so you're aware of uh, just just a, just a snippet, just a sentence or two of who Harriet Tubman is, okay? So Harriet Tubman, uh, for those who don't know, is one of the women who changed the world. So the fact that they're doing a movie on her, that doesn't surprise me one bit. That, that, That won't be my issue. If you're coming on this episode because you think I'm going to take shots at Harriet Tubman, are you crazy? This is this is not shots at Harriet Tubman, but I do have to take some shots. There will be shots in this episode, okay? Now, if you don't know who Harriet Tubman is, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how you became a Black Equity listener. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just don't know. But for those who don't know, Harriet Tubman was an American... Uh, and political activists born into slavery. That's what they say. Uh, Tubman escaped and subsequently made uh, some 13 missions to rescue approximately 70 enslaved people, family, and friends using the network of anti-slavery activists and safe houses known as the Underground Railroad. She later helped John Brown recruit men for his raid on Harper's Ferry, 
During the American Civil War, she served as an armed scout and spy for the United States Army. In her later years, Tubman was an activist in the struggle for women's suffrage. Now, you also got to remember lately in the news, Harriet Tubman has been in the news about potentially being on the $20 bill and Donald Trump uh, is trying to block that. And, you know, people are upset. People like Angela Rye have dressed in their all all Harriet Tubman gear and people are feeling the Harriet Tubman way and everybody is all for Harriet Tubman because, you know, in this country, we are now moving into the era where black women empowerment is at an all time high where the conversation of of really elevating the conversation around black women uh, is prevalent more than ever in history. So Harriet Tubman, in many ways, helps to uh, be a part of that narrative for those who are looking to get that narrative out there. Uh, So what does all this mean, right? (laughs) Where are we going with all this? What is the... The point of us sitting down and talking about this. Well, I, I wanna, I wanna tackle a, a a topic here. I wanna tackle a topic that keeps coming up because as soon as a movie comes out in the culture that uh, or a TV show that that has, you know, too much trauma. We've talked about the trauma. <laughs> We've all had a. Uh, a, a fun time kind of laughing at the fact that the only trauma that black people never want to watch is when it has something to do with themselves, right? And so some people are just upset that, you know, oh no, not another slave movie. And so I want to look at both sides. Okay? I want to I want to I want to be able to to look at both sides and understand well, what's going on here. So, here's what we're going to do. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, I'm going to take one side, and then I'm going to take the other side, and then you get to decide which side that you're on when we return on Black Equity. All right, I grabbed some coffee, some very strong coffee. Let's take the first side of this, okay? The first side is going to be um, how dare they make another uh, slave movie. How dare they? Let, let's just let's just take that side. Now, yes, it is Harriet Tubman, so you know this is not an indictment on her. But aren't we getting tired of this? I mean, they just had a show that got canceled on WGN, which is uh, the Underground Railroad. You know, they were talking about. I think it was called Underground uh, with a. Uh, with uh, Jesse Smollett's sister, um, you know, being on there. And it was a really good show, actually. Really good show. But they got canceled, you know. It got canceled after two or three seasons. And so, obviously, that storyline uh, where Harriet Tubman shows up in, uh, it didn't stick. And so, if I'm arguing against not another slave movie, I'm going to say, look, your slave movies keep popping up in Hollywood over and over again, and it's getting out of hand. It's getting to the point where every three years you got a slave movie. Every every three years is another slave movie. They're just pushing them out left 
after right and right after left. It just, it just never ends. Is am I the only one who's seen <laughs> all these different slave movies or slave connected movies coming out and thinking? What the hell is going on with the social conditioning? See, movies create social conditioning. It frames our mind to see our reality. Now, some would argue, but DJ, there's nothing wrong with Harriet Tubman's story. She got free and she helped free other people. Yes, I get that part. And I'm sure we'll be discussing that later on in this episode. But here's my concern. In order for someone to get free in a movie, they first have to show what they're getting free from. Unless the movie just pops on and Harriet Tubman is getting free that second, that means they're going to have to show some harsh uh, situations so you can root for her to get free So then she can then go out and try to free other people. There would have to be something she's being freed from. And that, my friends, is going to be part of the movie that gets sucked into people's psyche. She said she could have saved a thousand more people if they even knew they were slaves. And so there is an opportunity, uh, you know, to, you know, rectify that by showing you know, what slavery looks like. But my issue isn't necessarily just this movie. If this movie had came out and there wasn't any other movies, uh, you know, down this line, didn't want to be an issue. But let's let's look at this. Let's look at the black equity of, of slave movies. <laughs> I mean, let's take it. Let me get my sip of my coffee. Let's really take a look at this. When I'm looking at the black equity of slave movies, I want to look at all the slave movies that have actually come out. What are all the slave movies that have come out in the last 10, 15, 20 years? And let's look at them. Let's just look at the the dates that we're talking about here. Now, not all slave movies are created equal. Okay? Not all slave movies are created equal. Some will be slave movies that you didn't even realize was a slave movie. But you got to think, they just did Root, they did the reenactment of Roots on the History Channel less than three or four years ago. (laughs) Does no, no one remember the amount of money and time put into the reenactment of Roots? I mean, in 2016... The Birth of a Nation. 2013, 12 Years a Slave. 2012, Django. 2012, the movie Lincoln. But DJ, that's not a slave movie. Well, you really wasn't paying attention. The whole movie of Lincoln is is directly tied to slavery. Directly tied. The opening scene is directly tied to slavery. 2016, Free State of Jones. 1997, Amistad. 2013, Bell. In 1939, Gone with the Wind. Uh, 2013, uh, Lee Daniels, the Butler. But DJ, that's not slavery. 
You better pay attention to what he had to escape to become the butler at a very White House that was built by slaves. 1989, glory. 2010, I am a slave. 2014, the keeping room. At what point do we get the... Okay, this happened. uh, 2014, freedom. 2012, runaway slave. At what point is what... Here's my question. Even in Disney movies, the Prince of Egypt centers around slavery. 1998, beloved, beloved, around slavery. The original roots around slavery. I mean, we are talking about billions and billions and billions of dollars that have been injected into uh, the American film industry to pump so much dollars and, and, and benefit so much by telling us slave stories. And so my argument against it is why are we putting so much money and so much time and so much energy around slavery? I know why. Because it pays. Because the return on investment keeps happening for all for every one person that keeps saying, well, why another slave movie? There's a hundred more people signing up saying, oh, I can't wait. This is going to be good. It's simple math. They're not going to put it out if they, if they can't make money off of it and if they know y'all are all biting on it. See, what they won't tell you in America is that race is the biggest money maker out there. And everybody's running off a of race. Race, race this and race, race that. Everybody's throwing a race card out there to make money. It's the biggest scam in the history of humanity, the, the, the biggest moneymaker, the biggest way to trick people is to, con- to convince every single person that race is what truly matters and we're going to build platforms around it. And when that doesn't work or if we can't you know, use that, instead of building it around race, we'll build it around fighting racism. There are people who have built their whole careers around race. Books, TV shows, movies. It's a, it, would, it has to be a multi-billion dollar operation. Slavery, race, race relations, interracial dating, race this, race that. It's so much money being tied to what you look like and the color of your skin based off of the history of this country. Now, you may be asking, well, what real money is there in in slave in slave movies? You know, if I'm an investor, well, you know, let me know. Some people may want to know what that is. Well, let's look at it. 13 years a slave. 13 years a slave. When I look at 13 Years a Slave, right, and I'm looking at uh, the black equity of, of 
Well, I said 13, but I meant 12 years of slave. When I'm looking at the 12 years of slave. And I'm trying to understand the, the, the black equity here. Okay. I'm going to look at, well, who, who's the production company? You know, screenplay by John Ridley, starring uh, this person, this person. Okay, distributed by Fox Searchlight Pictures. Anybody who's a Nas fan knows that Fox Searchlight, <laughs> that ain't black owned. Lionsgate, as far as I know, that's not black owned. Production companies, Lionsgate, Regency, River Road Entertainment, Film 4 Productions. Yeah, I mean, no offense, but uh, New Regency Productions. Yeah, I'm not seeing much black equity here. Plan B Entertainment. Founded by Brad Gray. Yeah, white guy. Brad Pitt, Jennifer Aniston. So Brad Pitt, Jennifer Aniston, all of them made some really good money. Lionsgate made really good money on 12 Years a Slave. Now, what kind of money are we talking about? Now we got to go into that. <laughs> what was, you know, box office? You know, the, the budget was 20 to 22 million. Box office was 187.7 million. That's over 160 million dollars being made off of 12 years of slave. So I, I'm just wondering. I'm just I'm just trying to figure out. Why are we so interested in slave movies? What is it about them, right? Well, for investors, it's the money. It's the money tide. There's just too much money. If I can make a movie for 20 mil and I know I can make 187 mil... It's a good investment. Okay, you know, that's just one, you know? That's just one movie. So what's the other one? Well, let's look at it. <laughs> let's look at it. Let's look at Django, which probably is my favorite quote-unquote slave movie. And let's see the, the equity tied to it. Because nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about the money that's being made off the backs of racism and off the backs of race. I don't know why we are so afraid to talk about money. But the, when you look at the equity of situations, that's when the truth comes out. So I don't know why we keep hiding. It's distributed by the Weinstein Company. Yeah, that Weinstein. You remember what happened a few years ago with Weinstein? It was them that put this out. Your boy Weinstein made a whole bunch of profit. The budget was $100 million. Box office was $425 million. Budget was $100 million. Box office was $425 million. That's over $325 million profit. Weinstein Company. Come on now. There's money to be made in slave movies. 
because the people will eat it up. They want to know. They want the easiest way they can to find out about their history without having to open up a book. And if they can put it in film, if they can get your attention through film, they will. And so my argument against the slave movie is the social conditioning that we're finding in these movies and what it does to the psyche of of uh, black Americans and to white people who see it, who may only see us one way. And the amount of profits that are being made off the backs of those who have gone through that or their ancestors have gone through that. Yet Jennifer Aniston, Brad Pitt, they're making hundred million dollars off of the, the uh, idea of racism, off the idea of slavery. There's a, there, a, there's a lot of production companies making big bucks. A lot of production companies making big bucks off of it. And in many ways, they're, they're exploiting the culture. They're exploiting. They already made the money on the front end through the slavery, by having the slaves, by building up an $85 million, $85 million industry. In, in cotton. They've already built all of these industries and now they're coming back and saying, well, we'll build up the film industry too off of your backs. And that, my friends, is my, my, my reason for just stepping away and saying this has to stop. There's too much money being made and we ain't getting a piece of our own story. Something has to give. So let's take the other side of this thing. You know, we've seen the we've seen the argument of, you know, there's just so much money to be made, and people are making money off of our backs. And cool, okay, that's cool. I mean, it's a fair argument, right? Well, the other the other side of this is, well, who has the black equity of Harriet Tubman? Does that change anything? Because see, if that changes, if, if if we own the production company, if we own the story, and if we own and making the majority of the money, I wonder, does that change if it's just another slave movie? So let's see. Who owns the equity around the Harriet Tubman movie? Now, let's do a deep dive here, because this is one of the most important conversations we've ever had on this podcast. Okay, it's directed by Casey Lemons. Now, who is Casey Lemons? Is an American film director and actress most notable for her work of *East Bayou*, *The Caves*, uh, *Valentine*, and *Talk to Me*. She was described by film scholar Willer Winston Dixon as an ongoing testament to the creative possibilities of film. Karen uh, Lemons, also known as Cassie Lemons. So, who who is this person? Let's find out. Let's let's dive in. Is she? From the culture, I mean, obviously she's worked on a film that is t- closely tied to the culture, uh, but it looks like here yeah, she is 
a, a black woman. So our director is a black woman, if that helps any. Okay, our, our director is a black woman. So let's start there. So now let's look at the production company. And first of all, it's distributed by Focus Fit Pictures, which is a subsidiary of Comcast through Universal Pictures. That's wide owned. Focus Features distributes independent and foreign films in the United States. Okay, so that there, there, there's no black equity there, as far as I know. Uh, the production company is Macro Production Companies. Never heard of Macro. So who is Macro? Who is Macro Production Company? Oh, let's pull it out. All you got to do is just do a little bit of diving, right? All right, Macro is a leading authoritative media brand representative uh, representing the voice and perspective of persons of color. The CEO is Charles D. King, a black man. CEO and founder. Boom. Now we got something here. Hold on now. See, I want to know who Macro is. I want to work with Macro. So Macro Production Companies is head over the Harriet Tubman movie. So their mission is to put out the necessary uh, media for black uh, and people of color. They put out a they're putting out the Harriet Tubman story, which is one of the most notable stories in black history. And they have a black director. They also tapped an up and coming star uh, that was on the movie Widows to now be. Uh, the lead actress uh, to play Harriet Tubman. So this is a breakout role for her. There's a lot of black equity in this. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. My issue is the distribution. There is an issue in this in this uh, industry uh, where we don't own distribution. Distribution decides where your Work is going to go and how far it goes and whose hands it gets into. Distribution is everything in film. Many people would argue you should have distribution before you have anything else. So my argument for the Harriet Tubman movie is there's a lot of black equity here. The production company, the director, not so much the distribution, but then the cast, there's a lot of black equity here. So you could argue that, yes, it is a slave movie. But this time around, our people are going to be profiting the most. Like never before. See, what happened was when this when they try to do the birth of a nation, they try to railroad that because that was you know mostly self-funded by a black man. This time around, it's going to be really hard to stop a Harriet Tubman movie. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Harriet Tubman is one of those characters. You, you can't stop that one. Now, the question that I would have is, well, let's look at not only the production company, but who wrote uh, the screenplay? The, the screenplay is by Gregory Allen Howard. American screenwriter. He is best known for writing the screenplay of Remember the Titans, a Disney film about undefeated high school football team, uh, credited with healing the racial divide in Alexandria, Virginia. 
So I want to know who this Gregory uh, Allen Howard is, because, I mean, that was a really good story. They did a really good job with Remember the Titans. And when you pull him up, indeed, he's a black man. And uh, when you pull up uh, his information, just that's one of his best works. He also wrote a screenplay uh, for the biopic of boxer Muhammad Ali. So there is a lot of black equity in this. And so for those who would, would want to see the different side of this, where it's just not just another uh, slave movie, the beautiful part that we're going to see with this Harriet Tubman movie, either whether you watch it or not, is it is more black owned probably than any other slave movie in the past. And the question is, are people going to get behind it? So then those box office draws uh, that we saw with 12 Years a Slave and with Django could be be seen with this as well. Because there's money to be made in slave movies. How long will this continue to happen? I don't know. I don't know. If I had to choose a side, if I had to choose a side, what side would I choose? I'll tell you that when we when we return. So those are two possible arguments you can make. You can look at the money that's being made by non-black companies that are profiting off of slavery and say, okay, this has to stop. Or you can look at this as an opportunity for a black production company uh, doing one of its first pieces of works to, to bank on this and be able to leverage that to make other movies in the future. And so where do I stand? The question isn't really where I stand. The question is where the people stand. The question is, what are they going to put their money to? Because every month, y'all putting money into Marvel. Every every time you get an opportunity, you put money into Disney, which Disney owns Marvel, by the way. You're putting money into Little Mermaids and Lion Kings and Black Panthers. And to me, those are just as harmful as your slave movies. Why are they harmful? Isn't, see, you are looking at the content and I'm looking at equity. We're having, whenever content and equity <laughs> start talking, sometimes they, they can't understand each other. I'm looking at equity and Marvel and Disney and all of them. First of all, we got to talk about this Disney situation where they stole the entire Lion King movie. Maybe we need to do an episode on that. There's a lot of money being made through the uh, exploitation of other cultures by these white-owned companies. And no one blinks an eye. And now that a black production company wants to come together and, and honor Harriet Tubman, now we got an issue. So the question is, will I be sitting in the movie theaters watching the Harriet Tubman movie? I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of done with it. After I saw Django, that's all I need to see. I'm good. <laughs> like Django was the movie I always wanted. I got what I wanted. 
I'm good. I, I don't have any desire to watch. I didn't watch the new reenactment of Roots. Uh, I, I really have no desire to watch any slave movies. That being said, I am applauding the production companies for putting this together. And I would love to partner with future production companies to put more films out for black culture, uh, no matter what the genre is. I think it is needed and necessary for us to own our own uh, stories and our own narratives. And so I support the movie, but I may not be attending. And the reason why I may not be attending is because I don't. I, I want to look in the future. I'm just kind of I'm kind of done with looking in the past. The past is cool. It served its purpose. But I'm ready to move on. And I think for me, in order to move on, that's when you got to get hands on. And that's when you got to go acquire your own production company and figure out what are some futuristic movies that we could do. And for those people who are interested in doing some futuristic type stuff, it's time that we start communicating and collaborating and figuring out how we get it done. Because not only is there money to be made in slave movies, there's money to be made in many different genres. And if we do it the right way, we could really build a legacy of a futuristic thought. And that, my friends, is what I'm looking for. If you want to learn more, sign up to be a Black Equity Insider. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you're telling all of your friends about this podcast. We're not going anywhere. We're here Monday through Friday. We're telling you what's going on in the culture. We're giving you our analysis. We're bringing on wonderful guests. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us a message. Let's see if it's a good fit for both parties. If it is, we look forward to working with you. Until then, become an insider, become a premium insider, get your daily emails. Right now, we're talking about black in affluence and how we can attract high-end clients to our business. If you are interested in learning more about that, become an insider. The link is in your show notes. Thank you for everyone for joining us today. It was a wonderful episode, and I will talk to you tomorrow on Black Equity.